Man, I'm going to tell you guys an old story today, like an old, old story. And I've got a little bit of a buildup to it because at first it may not feel like it fits, okay? Because it's so old. And the people that it was originally told to aren't exactly like us uh, in some ways, and they're exactly like us in other ways. And there was this thing that sort of reminded me of that a couple of weeks ago. My kids, uh, for something at school, needed some vintage uh, high school apparel or like vintage high school gear. And they were looking for that in my closet, which seemed uh, strange to me. Uh, they were looking for retro stuff in my closet. And they pulled out, uh, this is my old FFA jacket. So I was a part of the Future Farmers of America. That may surprise some of you, but you don't know me all that well. And... Um, <laughs> And I was, I was like, this is so cool because I hadn't seen it in so long, you know. And, and uh, I don't know if you, you know, you pull something out and it doesn't quite fit exactly the way it fit. Because I, I didn't lift as much back then. Uh, and so it's. <laughs> so anyways, I'm like putting it on. I'm like, can't find the arm because it's like really tight uh, in some spots. And, you know, it's so struggling. But finally, hold on. Finally, I get it on. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's a little short here. My arms have grown seven inches in 25 years, and I start putting it on. These are all my medals. Uh, if you didn't see those in there, they kind of hide like that. So I zip it up, and after, it didn't, it didn't feel quite like it used to, but after I wore it for like three or four hours uh, that day, I was like, it started to feel good. You know, I felt like I was back in school, and I, you know, sort of connected to my heart, and I had these good uh, memories and, and thinking about it. And it made me think about how sometimes we tell these old stories here, I mean, from the scriptures, and Pastor Mark or me, or we'll, be, we'll, we'll work really hard to try to get the context, you know, to try to make this old thing fit. And uh, I want to be very upfront. The one I'm going to tell today, it's like, you're like, huh, why are we talking about this? But after, we've experienced this, right? After we wear it for a few minutes, it starts to feel like ours. Uh, we start to feel our heritage. It's our story. It's, it sort of begins to uh, empower us. So um, I'm not proud enough that I'm going to wear this the whole time. But I want you to think about that as we just try to listen, listen, listen to, to God's word uh, this, this morning. The story starts, this is Mark chapter 4. So there's sort of some words uh, before um, Jesus tells the story that I want you to hear. He says, again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. And the crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into a boat and sat in it out on the lake. So there's so many people that Jesus is having to push away in the boat just to get some room. And all, all these people were, were along the shore at the water's edge. So you hear that Jesus is back at the lake, which we've been following Jesus through Mark. And he keeps, it's like his favorite hangout. So after he spent 40 days in the wilderness, he went to the Sea of Galilee, this lake, and some things happened. We looked at a scripture where he got up early in the morning and went to pray. That was by the lake. Uh, remember the story of uh, the man, uh, the paralyzed man, they ripped open the roof. That's in a, a, a town right by the lake. But every time Jesus comes back to the lake from his travels, there are more people gathering around. So the Gospel of Luke, which also tells this story, says that many thousands were gathered on the shore that day to hear Jesus. He taught them, in verse 2, many things in parables. And in his teaching said, we're going to get to that teaching, that's the story. But the parables, if you haven't heard that word, that just means story. Actually, sometimes it's translated as a riddle. It's not that Jesus is trying to trick people, but Jesus would tell these stories and he would just let them sit and they held within them all these spiritual truths. You kind of have to figure out what is Jesus talking about? 
It seems that Jesus' favorite teaching technique, at least for a large group, was to tell a story, not to give a point-by-point sort of didactic teaching, but instead he would just tell this story and let it sit on people's hearts. And I like to tell stories. Y'all, y'all have noticed that. And there's, the reason is people have all kinds of different backgrounds. Some people know the Bible backwards and forwards. And every Sunday here, if this is you this morning, we have many people that will hear a Bible story, and it'll be the first time they've ever heard that. I love it. And some of you have heard it 100 times, but your memory is bad now, and you hear it, and you're like, it's the first time you've ever heard it. Jesus begins his story by saying, listen. It's a great technique, right? For a, he, there's people, they've, they've hustled and bustled to get to the shore, and Jesus has finally had to determine, I'm going to get in a boat and go back. So when he's finally ready to teach, he just starts with this word, listen. Kind of like us. I mean, there's a lot that's happened just to get us uh, to this place. Some of you guys are checking the Tennessee score on your phone right now, and it's like, I just need to say, listen. Give me just a few minutes, right, to Listen. And then he tells the story. So this is the story. He says, listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed, and as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, grew, and produced a crop, some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. And then Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Now, we know that the disciples experienced something that maybe some of us are experiencing this morning. They heard that story, and they thought, I don't know what that means. They heard, they're, they're like, Jesus, why are you telling a story about seeds? Like, like you might be feeling right now. Why are we talking about seeds? And so Jesus does something here in Mark chapter 4 and, and Luke and in Matthew, the story's told. He does something that he only does one other time. So this is sort of a historic, important moment. Jesus does something he only does one other time in the scriptures, and that is he explains his story. A good storyteller, they don't like to, you don't want to explain your story. But there was something about this moment. The disciples came to him. And they said, Jesus, we don't understand the story. Will you explain it to us? And he does. Understand this, though. The disciples and the people on the banks of the Sea of Galilee hearing Jesus' story had a big head start on us today because when they heard that first line, a farmer went out to sow his seed, they uh, were way ahead of us because they were mostly farmers. (laughs) They lived in an agricultural society. They all grew their own food. Their parents grew their own food. Their grandparents grew their own food. So hearing a farmer went out to sow his seed, for them, like in our context, would be like uh, a person went out onto I-40 to start their work day, right? Or uh, a person pulled into the long line at the middle school car line, like, meaning you kind of nod along, like, oh, I know what that looks like. I know what that feels like. It's sort of like um, uh, we waited two long months for the renovation of Chick-fil-A. You know, <laughs> we're all like, I know what you're talking about, brother. I, I felt that. Like, you see what I'm saying? And so when Jesus said a farmer went out to sow his seed, they're like, okay, I know what he's talking about, but we don't. Most of us are not sowing seed every day. So what I'm saying is, listen, listen, we're we're trying the old, the old jacket on, right? Just try to, try to put it on. So Jesus gives sort of four categories of seed. He talks about seed on the path. This is in his explanation. Okay. Seed on the path. There's seed in rocky places. There's seed among thorns and their seed on good soil. Even as you leave here today, I think as we talk through it enough, you'll be able to remember these four categories of seed. Seed on the path, seed in rocky places, seed among thorns, and seed on good soil. 
For those Jesus were talking to, who were talking to who had this agricultural basis, they would have known some things immediately just by the description of the seed and the soil. So they would have known seed on the path. We can figure this out. If it falls on a hard path, the seed's going to sit there on it. It's not going to go down deep and it could be picked up by something. Seed in rocky places could put down a little bit of root, but not much because the soil's compacted uh, by, by the roots. And so when it, it grows up a little bit, the sun can scorch it because there's not enough nourishment from the root base. The seed among thorns, you can picture that uh, being constricted by the thorny plants. And then the seed on good soil, this you know, makes uh, a lot of sense. The seed on good soil, it goes down deep into the soil. It grows and it produces a crop. And so the people Jesus is talking to uh, might think, okay, I have an agricultural basis. You might be thinking, okay, I kind of get that. But what in the world does it mean about my life? I didn't come all the way to the banks of the Sea of Galilee and crowd into the, these folks to, to, to hear about seeds. You may be here this morning like, we're going to talk about seeds? My heart is longing for something, you know? You can't, you're like, I came in here grieving. I came in here searching. I came in here needing something. I need help. I'm in the wilderness. What in the world does this have to have uh, for my life? And so it's there as we, we wear the, the, the jacket a little bit that we realize that the seed and the soil, it's not really about seed and soil. Jesus is talking about our hearts, about the word of God. He's asking us to picture ourselves as like a dormant, closed seed. What would it look like for you to break through the, the ground and begin to grow and thrive? This is what Jesus tells the disciples. He says, the secret of the kingdom of God has been given to you. He's saying, I'm not playing games with you. These stories are my way of communicating to you these deep truths. Would you be interested in that this morning? To hear some secret about the kingdom of God for your life? And so he talks about seed and soil. Um, The second half of Mark chapter 4 is Jesus' explanation of this story, him telling the disciples. And I'm going to give you those verses. So he talks about the seed on the path. And I think a good description of that is the heart that is hardened. Now, you know if that's you this morning. You know if you've put up walls. You know if your heart feels tamped down, walked on, stomped flat like a path. You don't have to be a farmer to know that seed that falls on that can just be scooped up by somebody else. Here's how Jesus explains that type of seed and soil. He says, as soon as they hear it, this is the seed on the path, Satan comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. So everything's so hard and God's word falls on them. You notice that, right, that, um, that Jesus is still putting the word on you even if your, your heart is hardened, right? I don't know. Did I tell you I was the FFA president? I don't think I'd tell you that. Two times. Um, and so you might not know that what Jesus is talking about here is the broadcast method of sowing seeds. He's not talking about a farmer that goes and lays seeds down perfectly and prepared soil in a line. No, what Jesus is talking about is the word of God goes out over everybody. You're like, my heart is hardened this morning. The word of God is going to fall on you. Like, I'm not there. I'm not, I wouldn't even consider myself good soil. The, the word of God is being sown into you. So listen, listen. The seed in rocky places is the heart that is discouraged. This is different than the path. The, there's, there's soil there. The roots go down. But here's what Jesus says. This is the explanation in verses 16 and 17. He says, this type of seed and soil hears the word and receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. So they hear the word and receive it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, 
they quickly fall away. This is the one that hit me this week. So you might hear one this morning and be like, that's me. This is the one that hit me because I'll be like, yay, I'll receive the word with joy. I mean, I was just down there like, Jesus, Jesus, you know, I receive it with joy. And then I face one little bit of trouble. I'm like, I'm out. I'm discouraged. I don't know. That's a season I'm in, right, if I'm honest. I'm like, I got this, I got this. And then one bit of trouble comes. Notice what it says, because of the word. We've been, we've been talking about we're going to persevere. We're going to keep going. We're going to hold on to God's word. I'm in this. This is what I believe. I believe this is the truth. I'm not going to stop. And then you face one bit of trouble because of the word. I'm like, oh, this is too much. I'm discouraged. The next one, uh, Jesus said, is the seed among thorns. And this is the heart that is distracted. Clearly, this is what Jesus is saying. Um, I'm not going to have it on the screen, but this is the quote from the scriptures. The seed among thorns is the one who hears the word and lets the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, and other desires come and choke the word. Do you hear that? So this is the one who lets the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the things we run after, and other desires. It's such a distracted heart, right? And we let all those things choke God's word in our lives. The fourth one is the seed on good soil. It's the heart that is open and obedient. This one is simple in explanation, difficult to live out. Here's how Jesus explains the seed on good soil. He says, others, like seeds sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Let that, let that sink in a bit because we'll talk about it again. Others, like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop. Now, maybe you can see why Jesus just told the story, right? It's kind of tedious to go through all these categories of soil and seed unless you have a passion for it and a heritage of studying in deep detail. But this next part that I'm going to share with you is something that comes um, not from the Scripture, but I think it's there, and that is this. Soil can change, all right? Soil can change. Soil is dynamic, like real soil. It's made up of water and air and uh, organic material and even other organisms. It's constantly changing. Do you know what else is made up of minerals and water and air and organic materials? Us. Constantly changing this dynamic thing. And so Jesus, who's talking to farmers, soil experts, I think that he's saying in this illustration, you don't have to stay where you are. Jesus says that he comes to bring the good news. In fact, when he introduces that, he says, repent and believe the good news. He's initiating this turn, this change, this opportunity for something different. And so good news wouldn't be, oh, I'm sorry, your your heart's like rocky soil. You were born with those rocks. You're you're stuck. No. Jesus is introducing to us good news. He's he's showing us there is a way uh, to change. And the word, remember, is thrown out all over everybody. So if you're here, hardened heart, discouraged heart, distracted heart, open heart, uh, God is putting his word on you. I talked to somebody on Thursday night at our service. She's brand new to church. Actually, had never been to church her whole life. And she told me afterwards in the back, uh, she said, I'm the first three. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'd forgotten my, I forget my sermon after the service is over, just like y'all do, you know? I was like, what? You're the first three? You're the first three what? She's like, I'm all three. She said them out loud. She said, my heart is hardened, discouraged, and distracted. But the weird part is, is she had this big smile on her face. And we talked for a bit. She just kind of bebopped out of here. And I was like, 
well, how could you be all three and be so happy? It's because she's heard the good news that she can change, right? She's like, I'm walking through the wilderness. I'm not stuck here. And so often, what happens in our lives, especially as Christians, is that's just God. Um, <laughs> perfect timing. Um, especially as Christians, is we can get stuck. And Jesus is saying, you don't have to be stuck in that place. So here we are walking through the wilderness 40 days, praying for a breakthrough. I want to share with you just a few things that I think each, wherever you might identify your heart, or if you're all, all three, you're all four. The first about the seed on the path, here's what it needs. You need space to grow. If you're that hardened heart, you need some space to grow, right? A seed on a tamped down path, it needs some space. It needs to be tilled up. Someone will just come and pick up the word of God off of you. What I mean is if, if you're here and you know like you have no space, your schedule's too tight, your mind is too crammed, your teeth are so clenched, you may not be able to have your breakthrough until you find some space. Did you notice what Jesus did when people were coming against him? He pushed back into the boat, right? Introverts love this, like, I just need a little space here on the boat, okay? Jesus said, I need some space to be able to be who God has called me to be, to live into this word that God has placed in me. Jesus was on the shore, presumably, being pushed around. He's trying to get, how do you teach? How do you do this? He needed to create some space. And there, there are some of us who you're going to have to find out how you're going to make some space in your life so that you can be and live into who God made you to be. The seed in rocky places, that discouraged heart, I shared that about me. Maybe that's you. You're discouraged. You need time to grow. We've said the wilderness is how long? A long time. And so you need to allow a, a, a soil with rocks. You have to allow time for the roots to go where they're going to go. I talk to people here all the time. They're like, I've been here a year, and I'm still going through the same stuff. I'm like, that's not that long. You need more time. Would you be kind enough to yourself to give yourself more time? Right? Sometimes we're so kind with everybody else, but we won't be kind to our own hearts. Allow yourself to take the time. Some of you are here, uh, you've been coming in this series, this is week four, we've been in the wilderness with Jesus, week four on this journey. It's week four that I waited to tell you something uh, that's a difficult word, and that is this, the people of God spend most of the time in the wilderness. If you study the scriptures, you'll see that the meantime, the in-between time, the transition time, the looking to the next thing time, the waiting for the breakthrough time is most of the time. I don't tell you that to discourage you, but to encourage you to keep moving. Where you are is not like, I haven't arrived yet. It's no, you're a child of God right now, and God is doing something in you and working something in you that will prepare you. Be kind to yourself. Take the time. Learn waiting. Learn patience in the wilderness. The seed among thorns, uh, the distracted heart, you need to remove some things. You need removal to grow. You need some things to be changed in your life and pulled out. Direct quote from Jesus, the desire for other things comes in and chokes the word. You may need to look in this wilderness time for what you need to remove. I'm hoping, I feel led by God to share this. There may be one person in this service that needs to hear, um, hear this, so just hear it. You can ask God to take the desire away. We've been looking in this series about Jesus, some really supernatural spiritual stuff, and you may need to this morning in prayer 
Ask God to take away the desire for that thing that you're going after, that thing that keeps distracting you. I'm not saying there's not hard work involved, time. Of course there is. Many of us need to come back on Tuesday night uh, to care night. That's what I whispered to my wife. I was like, I need to go to that. We'll be looking at the voice of the heart, which is about what we're going through and our feelings and those, those kind of things. Um, but the first kind of spiritual step is engaging God and saying, I need you. I need your help. I have no hope unless you can take this away from me. And God begins to do a spiritual work in you, a supernatural thing, deep on the deep, your heart connected to God's heart. Jesus can do that. And then the last, the seed on good soil. This one's the best. So don't check out. Even if you're like, I'm nowhere near good soil, pay attention because there's this key in the verse that I don't want us to miss. It's actually in the Luke version of this story. So like I said, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all tell this story. We've been looking at Mark. And uh, an interesting thing about Luke's story is that Luke actually, he bases almost everything he talks about Jesus on Mark. So 92% of what uh, Mark writes about, you can find in Luke. I see your eyes glazing over. Just hang with me, okay? Mark has 661 verses. 606 of the verses in Mark you can find in Luke. So Luke bases a story almost totally on what Mark says. So I find it interesting to note what Luke adds to Mark's story. You see what I'm saying? So Mark uh, wrote this stuff. Luke took it. What does Luke think that else that we need to know from his perspective, from the people that he talked to? So in the good soil verse, Mark says this. Mark, okay, the one we've been looking at. He says, good soil hears the word, accepts it, and produces a crop. The good soil hears the word, accepts it, and produces a crop. This is what Luke says. So that was Mark. This is Luke. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hears the word, accepts it, and by persevering, produces a crop. You see what he had? By persevering, produces a crop. Another version we'll read says, with patience, produces a crop. This is a part of my story, but when I read that on Tuesday morning as I was preparing, I felt tears begin to stream down my face when I realized that God's given us spiritual secrets, God's speaking into our life right where we are in the wilderness that you're in and saying, you know the difference between soil that's, and a seed that's not gonna make it and that, the one that is gonna make it? You gotta persevere. You just have to keep going. You have to keep moving. The, the good soil perseveres and produces a crop. You must persevere to grow. What I'm telling you is that the good news really is, no matter how hard your path or how many rocks are there, they were there when you were born, how many thorns have grown around you, you can become good soil where God's word flourishes. Here's what I learned in the FFA. A farmer can, with great care, over time, change the soil. Meaning, if you're tamped down and your heart is hardened, a good farmer can figure that out. It takes a lot of hard work. She has to get up or he has to get up early in the morning to till that soil over and over and over. But that hard soil can become something God can use. You've got some big rocks in your life, right? Well, a farmer can move a big rock. Uh, Welcome to Wilson County. Uh, We have a lot of rocks, right? We have a lot of rocks, big rocks. Uh, I don't know if I told you, I grew up in this community. I was in the FFA and... uh, (laughs) I feel so blessed to be a pastor in this place. I think it's a wonderful place. 
And my homeland is sort of like in between Central Pike and Stewart's Ferry Pike, you know, right here. And you can do something on a sunny day if you want. You can drive up and down those roads. Here's what I want you to look for. You will see out in the front of what used to be the big farms here in Wilson County. They're all diced up now, but you can still see the driveways. You can still see the roads. And you'll see out in the front of these big farms, out by the driveway, by the mailbox, maybe by the big thing that goes over the driveway, you will see big rocks set up by the road. You'll see these big rocks uh, sort of set up on end. Uh, I used to use them as markers when I rode the bus to kind of know where I was at. These big rocks. Do you know where those big rocks came from? Out in the field. And that farmer, after some amount of time, finally got that big rock up, set it up, and he was like, I'm putting that sucker in the front yard for everybody to see. (laughs) And he set it up, right? Get up. Take your mat and walk and go home. Take that thing with you. you, you that thing that was, was in the way, that thing that pulled you down will be this symbol and this sign that you made it through the wilderness. That you made it through. Now I'm going to, te- I'm going to say something just on spiritual terms. And that, that is this. Welcome to Wilson County. We move big rocks. We still move big rocks. And you say, I was born with these, Jacob. God can do a work in your life. Jesus can change you. Jesus can move in your life to where someday, someday, someday from now, you might have a big rock set up and said, once that was in the soil, and now it is my symbol that God has overcome. I don't have anything else. I just want Let's pray. God, thank you that you're the one who can change our situation, change the condition. Thank you for these stories that speak to us. Let us wear this one and put it on a bit. Help us to keep dreaming about the breakthrough you want to do in our lives. Let this bread for us this morning, this broken bread, symbolize the broken body of Christ for us. And the cup, his blood spilled for us and for many for the forgiveness of sins. As we come to communion, God, let it be for us a way of receiving Jesus. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, work in us this week. In Jesus' name, amen.